Amen. Now listen, this morning, there's a chance that you're going to hear a lot of Scripture. Okay? I mean, like more than normal. Because uh, I'm just wanting to show you something that's really simple, but I, want you, I don't want you to think that it's like, well, there's just one verse over there. And, it, and, and that one verse is, is you know, uh, so there's a chance that you're going to hear a lot of Scripture. There's also a chance that you're only going to hear one. It just depends on what happens. Hallelujah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Did Ryan fix that? Yeah. Ryan, I'm multiplying your, your wage. What we normally pay you, we're going to double. No, triple. Three times nothing is nothing. Man. Thank you. Last night I was moving and go, it's like, what the heck? And you fix it. All right. I want you to get this, this point real quick and uh, like write it down, plan to have it tattooed on your body later. Uh, when you release control of your words, you will lose control of your life. When you release control of your words, you will lose control of your life. I know a lot of us end up in situations and circumstances and we like to look around and find out who we can blame. But the reality is, is that you are in life, uh, well, you got there by decisions you made, choices that, that, you, you know, that you made that caused you to perform certain actions that, that led to a place that you're at. Uh, but it, everything in life uh, you know, starts with words. And uh, you, you, know, you can be in a great situation, but if you don't learn to speak right, you'll sabotage the great situation. You might have a great job, but because you have no discipline with your mouth, you talk about the boss, you talk about the hours, you talk about the, you know, my God, they expect us to work over here. And, uh, you know, and, and you end up sabotaging it, and now you're not getting promotions you should get, and you think it's because they don't like you. It could possibly be because they heard you, but it might not only be that they heard you, it's that God hears you. And your words have power. And, and, you know, you could have a great marriage. The only problem is, is that you can't keep your mouth shut. It's really, like, like I can tell this is going to be fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you release control of your words, you lose control of your life. James 3, chapter 1, my brethren, be not many masters or teachers, uh, I think it was the Living Bible that we were reading this morning that said, uh, you probably shouldn't put yourself in the position to tell everybody about their faults. Because see, usually what you want to do when you start teaching somebody is that what you're actually trying to do is tell them what they did wrong. He said, you might want to be careful knowing that the teachers receive a greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all, for many things we offend all, it sounds like we can offend a lot of people with our words, but he said many things. What are things? Things are words. God speaks things. Well, how did he do that? He used words. 
you know, you, you do a lot of things. Well, what's the, what are the, their words? So in, so in a lot of our words, which are our communication, uh, in, in a lot of our communications, we offend all. But it's actually not that we offend all. It's that we all offend. And it's not that we're simply offending others, but you offend yourself. To, to offend, Psalms 119 verse 165 says, Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Uh, you, you know, the Bible teaches us to take, don't, don't to, not to receive an offense, don't be offended. And, and you might think, well, okay, nothing shall offend them. Well, I, I'm, I'm not upset. No, off end. You've been taken off the end that God declared at your beginning. And see, you've offended yourself. You've taken yourself off the end because God declared an end, but you talked yourself out of what God was talking you into. For in many of our conversations, we all offend. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, the perfect doesn't mean without flaw. It means fully developed. So in other words, you can measure your spiritual maturity by how well you discipline your mouth. You're afraid to say anything right now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, he's also able to bridle the whole body. And then he goes on, he says, yay, we put, we put bits in horses' mouths and we can determine where they go. In verse 4, it says the ship's got this thing and, uh, you know, that, that rudder, and it ends up where it goes regardless of the wind or the waves. Uh, even so, verse 5, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue, so the tongue is among our members that it, it defiles the whole body, setteth on fire the course of nature. It's set on fire of hell. Tiny sparks is all it takes to set the whole world on fire. You know, you, you might have gotten away with it for a little bit, but, but you know what? You get in the right environment, the, in the right conditions, and all you need is a spark, and everything burns up. Hello, somebody. He said every, every kind of beast, bird, serpent, things in the sea, they've all been tamed by man, but the, but the tongue can no man tame. Uh, and he's not suggesting that the tongue can't be dealt with. It's just that the tongue doesn't submit to outside authority. So nobody, nobody can take care of your mouth for you, okay? So you, you can't be blamed. Well, I wouldn't have said what I said if you hadn't done what you did. Sorry, that isn't going to cut it. Look at your neighbor and say, that don't work. Look at verse 9. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. That's not smart. But it's just one of the ways that we talk ourselves out of what God's talking us into because, see, uh, he's the high priest of our confession. Hebrews says, let us hold fast to our confession without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. Um, your confession is, is what it literally means is to say the same thing. So you, you have to say what God says. That's your confession, right? And you begin to say what God says. You don't counterdict God because if you counterdict God, see, it's like Ephesians 3.20 says that we know that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond anything that we could ask, think, or even imagine. And God's ability is unlimited. And if God's unlimited ability, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's just out there, well, well, how come it's not working in my life? Where's God's ability in my life? Well, God's unlimited ability is limited by your authority. See, God's a just God, 
and he's a merciful God. He's a merciful God, but he's a just God. And he wants to, he wants to pour out mercy into your life so to ensure that you don't get what you deserve, but he has to do it in a legal fashion. And the only way that he can do it in a legal fashion is by invitation. And so you have to invite God into the situation, and then you have to agree with God. And, and see, because God gave you authority. In Luke, Luke uh, 10, 19, I think it is, it says... Uh, that, that he has given you authority over all of the ability of the enemy, and nothing can harm you, but you're the one with authority, so you have the authority to release God's ability or the authority to restrain God's ability. How do you use your authority? With your mouth. And so you got to be saying what, what God says. Come on, somebody. Uh, he said, you, you, you know, you, you're blessing God and then speaking against his kids you know, I, I don't know if you know uh, the Van Denters, but the Van Denters are pretty happy right now, and, and uh, uh, they've they got a grandbaby, and, and the grandbaby's brand new, and it's, it's about that big, okay? And, and, I mean, I don't remember, I don't think Annie was ever that small, and, and I mean, she's just awesome, but, but if you decide to do this, you do this little experiment with me, let me know, because I want to get a camera crew. But I want you to go to Ron Van Ditter. Everybody know who Ron is? Is, is Ron, Ron are, you, are you in the room? Hey, hey, Ron, you know, step out where people can see you a little bit. Don't be bashful. And, and step out. And Ron's the giant over there, okay? Ron's, Ron's the big guy. And what I want you to do is catch Ron when he's got his grandbaby in his arms. And you'll have to look careful because it's hard to see her in there. Okay? And, and, uh, uh, and I want you to walk up to Ron and say, Ron, I sure do love you. But your grandbaby sure is ugly. <laughs> I mean, not, let us get the crew. Because the environment's going to shift. And so is his body weight. And, and, and it's going to be fun to watch. Okay? Why? Because you, you instantly turn his heart in a different direction. So when you're talking about God's kids... And then asking God to bless you. He ain't wanting to bless you right now. He's wanting to make you a greasy spot in a highway of life. Why? Because he loves his kids. And that's what he's talking about. Because we bless God, but then we curse men who are the image and likeness of God. Oh, my words don't matter. No. You need to pick up an ID10T form. Okay, if you think your words don't matter, you need to pick up an ID10T form. Just write it down. ID10T. It spells idiot. Okay, and, and you need to fill out that form because your words matter. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, okay, let's just keep reading for a minute. Out of, the, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brother, these things ought not so to be with. It shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't do it. A fountain can't send out sweet water and bitter, right? Fig trees don't bear olives. Vines not, don't do figs. Fountains are not salt and fresh. And he's like, come on, come on, use your brain. You're either speaking blessing or cursing, but you can't be doing both. Hello, somebody. Okay, Proverbs 18:20. a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. You know, a lot of you guys are hard workers, in actuality, you should be a lot farther in life than you are. 
But life's not satisfied by the fruit of hard labor. Now, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't work hard. But the Bible says that your life's going to be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. So what would happen if you controlled your mouth and you worked hard? What if you spoke life into the hard work that you do instead of complaining about having to work so hard? What if, what if, instead of complaining about your spouse, you celebrated her with your words? Because this is where satisfaction in life comes. I know you think if you get a bigger car or, or, or a newer house or, or a younger spouse or whatever that you're going to be happy. No, let me tell you when you're going to be happy is when you take back control of your mouth. Death and life, look at this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, and I know that we say that stuff, and we, but we act like if I speak life every now and then, those things will come to life. No, you, you've spoke so much death. See, your words either matter all the time or they don't matter all the time. You don't get to go to church 1.3 times a month. And, 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 and say, you know, make a faith confession during the offering, but that's going to cover all the times that you say, all the church wants is my money. I've tried this faith thing and it doesn't work. I just don't understand. Well, you undo everything God's doing with your mouth. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Really? How did God do everything he does with his mouth? Psalms 12. Help! <laughs> Help, Lord. For the godly man ceases. Faithful men fail. Well, how, how, do, how does that happen? Look at verse 2. They speak vanity. Empty words. They, they, they speak with flat. You know, they'll say stuff to just whatever's running through their head. Can I just tell you? Okay, a couple points. Number one is that you're not responsible for every thought that runs through your head. You're responsible for the ones you let stay there. Okay, that's, that's one little point. Another little point is you don't have to say everything that goes through your head. I, I mean, the, 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 the biggest point, the, the whole point of this message, like, like if there's only one thing that, that you, you could get, you got to get this. Talk less. Okay? Say that with me. Talk less. Say it loud. Look at your neighbor eyeball to eyeball and tell them. <laughs> you, you can help yourself out. Yea, I would say unto thee, ha! Shut up. We talk with flattering lips. We just say whatever because we're trying to make them feel a certain way so that they'll do what we want. And with a double heart, a double heart, 
a double heart. Man, I'm telling you that you, you have to decide what you're going to fill your heart with. And, and it needs to be singular. And it's like either God heals or he don't. It's either God provides or he don't. It's either God's with me or he ain't. See, one, of the, one of the things that just is, is amazing is that, that we got God on our side. If God before me, who gives a flip? Who's against me? If no weapon formed against me can prosper, and every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn because it's the heritage of the children of the living God. If I know that all things work together for my good according to his riches, because, he's, because I love God, I'm called according to his purpose. If, if, if I know my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches, that's not dependent upon the circumstance, that's according to his word. If I know all that, how could I possibly speak against how could, how could I speak death? How, how could I speak a curse in any situation? How could I do that? It's called a double heart. See, you put it on your bumper. You screen print it on a T-shirt. Shocks you even have it inked on your body. It's not in your heart yet. So you need to talk less. Until it gets in your heart. Remember, remember, when, remember when they brought the, the woman who had been caught in adultery? And, and, and they brought her out to Jesus and they, and they found him in a crowd. And uh, hey, this is going to be a great opportunity to put him on the spot and pressure him a little bit. And, and let's bring him out and let's just ask this question. Do we stone her or do we not stone her? Remember? And do you remember what he did? He, he, he started, he, you know, he, he steps back and he starts playing in the dirt. And, and, you know, I've been in church my whole life, and I've heard hundreds of amazing messages on what he was doing down there, but I don't have proof of any of that other than this. See, I, I really think that we can, we can read his life and his ministry and, and, and understand his character enough to kind of figure out that, uh, uh, see, right now he's been spoken to, and people are looking for a response, but he's not going to respond by what they said, he's going to take a minute and remember what dad said. Because I can't respond until I've heard the father respond. That's, he said it two or three times. Like anything you see me do, and it's, it's a great way to keep yourself like on the ground. Because people come up to him and say, my gosh, your teachings are amazing. We haven't heard anything like that. And he said, I only repeat what I've heard my father say. Oh, look at the miracles. Look at all that stuff. And he goes, well, that's really cool, but listen, I don't do anything unless I've seen my father do it. Amen. And so he just took time and stepped back and went, okay, I need to listen. I need to remember. I need to think through this for just a second because I'm not going to respond according to what you said. I'm going to respond according to what dad said because what you said is stoner or don't stoner. So you are pressuring me by offering me choice, wrong choice number one and wrong choice number two. So no matter which choice I make, it's going to be wrong. See, a lot of us get stuck in that moment because we're afraid to tell somebody, I'll get back to you. What are we going to do about this? I'll call you. I want an answer now. Here's your answer. I'll call you. Get with you later. 
Why didn't you say anything? You do not want to hear what I thought. <laughs> See, because those thoughts are quick. Can I just tell you something? My mind is my problem. I would tell you what shot through my head when I looked at you, but I'm not going to say it. Because I'm... Sp- <laughs> It's like, there it is, you know, and, and it's like, whoa, 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 I, 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 I want to be fully developed. See, a lot of us are, are hoping that someday God will remove this anger. Uh, can I just tell you something? That in order for you to not have some of these feelings, you need to be dead. I'm not talking, like, theoretically. I'm like, uh, like, like, like at a man's conference, and they line up to have desire cast out of them. You're a man. You're going to have those desires. Ladies, can I just tell you something about the man sitting near you? He is a man. Okay. I don't want him to have those desires. You don't want him dead. What you want to do, though, is develop so that when lust or anger or depression are present, you just don't allow those to make decisions. See, words turn into thoughts. Thoughts create emotion. Emotion makes our choices. Well, you have to grow up and say, well, wait a minute. What emotion is going to make this next choice? Because the minute you get a grip on the decision-making procedure in your life, a lot of your emotions will come under control. Well, I just, I'm not strong enough. See, there's your problem. Because what... Could you hear God say, I'm not strong enough? So you heard that somewhere. Well, it's just a reality. Oh, so God's not a reality. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. The people who know their God shall be strong. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You know, if you want, we can, we can just continue. Are you going to say what someone else has said? Or are you going to say what God said? But if you're going to say what God said, you need to get it in your heart. And if it ain't there yet, then just don't say anything. Man, I, I don't know what God would say. Well, then you don't say anything. See, the problem, a lot of us think it's a problem if we don't have something to say. Not nearly as big of a problem if we don't realize we ain't got nothing to say. See, it's okay to understand. I don't have anything to say. I'll get back to you. I don't know if they'll receive that. I don't care. I need to speak life. Not death. I need to stop sabotaging what God's leading me by his word into. See, uh, let's, let's, oh man. 
See, they, they talk with flattering lips and a, and a double heart. Do they speak? Look what happens in verse 3. The Lord shall cut off flattering lips. Hey, unless you want to be lipless. Hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, talk less. Just, just, just talk, talk less. Check it out. Romans 10, uh, the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend to the deep, that is to bring him uh, again from the dead. But what, well, what does it say? The word is nightliest, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, this is how, this, this is how you get saved. Hello? This is how you get saved. You believe, you believe in your heart, right? You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you get saved. You know, I've seen a lot of miraculous stuff. Anybody in here ever seen miracles before? I mean, like real deals, like blind eyes getting open and people getting up out of wheelchairs and, 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 and you know, I mean, we've seen all kinds of stuff. You, you know, talk to people who've been around a little bit. and it all, There was a lady in one of our services one time that had bone spurs on the bottom of her feet and, and, and uh, uh, you know, John was here with us, remember? And uh, uh, what's his last name? Smithwick. Smithwick. And, uh, uh, Smithwick. And, and he's doing that, that really in-depth, you know, stuff that he does. Close your eyes. Picture Jesus embracing you right now and just begin to do what you couldn't do before. I mean, oh, my God. And she's got bone spurs. She's got an appointment, right, for surgery, and, and, and they're going to take those off. And she's over there, and she's... And everybody's like, oh, boy, too much caffeine. No. She, she, she just... Bone spurs just disappeared. You know, we've seen, we have seen some crazy stuff. Youth camp a week or so ago, one of the girls comes in, and she's got a cast on her leg, and, and nobody even said, close your eyes. I mean, she, she's just in the middle of worship, and she says to one of the other young guys, does she say it to you? And she's like, oh, that's weird. There's, you know, and what, what was wrong with her? A torn tendon. You know, it's... It, and she had the boot on and everything, and, but something starts tingling, and, and, you know, the young evangelist over here, he goes, take that boot off of your foot, and ha, I say unto thee, and start doing ha, what you couldn't do before. And, and in the middle of worship service, a couple of young kids, and take the boot off, take the boot off, and you, we would never say that, but he did, and, 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 uh, and she takes the boot off, she's running around doing all kinds of junk that she couldn't do before. It's a miracle. But none of that, but none of that compares to the miracle that happens in salvation, in the heart of a man, woman, boy, or girl, when their life is transformed by the power of God. Oh my God, there ain't no miracle that ever compares to that. And so if the greatest miracle that you're ever going to witness happens by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, what makes you think that any other miracle of a smaller value would occur in a different manner. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you do it all the time. 
Because, you know, you give an offering during service and it's in faith. And then you walk out and you talk about how, you know, this, this never works. Or we're never going to be able to afford to do what God's called us to do. Or we just don't have enough. And, 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 and you sabotage, you undermine, you talk yourself out of what God was talking you into. You, you come up and hey, anoint my body with oil and pray the prayer of faith so that I, you know, so, because I, I want the sickness off of my body. And you don't make it to the car before you start describing how you feel. You're just trying to put some religious thing up. No, I'm trying to save your life, your future. I'm trying to tell you that you might feel that way, but you don't have to remark when you've been empowered to remake. You don't have to say it. Talk less. Don't use your words to describe things. Jesus said, it's in red in your red letter Bible. Jesus said, whosoever shall say and believe in his heart and not doubt, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. Well, I don't believe that. Well, it's an operation in your life all the time. It's an operation all the time. Matter of fact, what you have is what you believed in your heart and confess with your mouth. You know why you have a mess? Because you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. This is going to be a mess. You know why you never get promoted? Because you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It never works out for me. <laughs> People are so unfriendly, unkind. Hard on me. You believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth. But have you seen the way they treat me? Yeah, they live up to your expectation. Every time. Let me, let me tell you how, how it works in my life. I mean, I just got to tell you. I just got to tell somebody. I just, I just got to tell you. Man, I'm not afraid to just put it out there and get real for a minute. Every time we start pressing for, every time there's opposition, every stinking time, voices rise up and speak against us. And, 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 and if it's not people, it's demonic stuff. And it comes in and tries to crush us and break us and, 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 and hurt us and wound us. And every single time, we win. Every stinking time, my end is better than my current condition. Every time. Well, that's easy for you to say. It's getting there. You've been made in the image and in the likeness of God. Somebody say, that's me. You've been made in the image and the likeness of God. The bride of Christ, like, a, like the wife, is the glory to her husband. You are supposed to be the reflection of the one who created you. Even be, be imitators of God, even as dear children imitate their father. You're supposed to emulate his characteristics. God said, my word shall not return unto me void without accomplishing the purpose for which I sent it forth to accomplish. 
I said, God said, my word shall not return unto me void without accomplishing the very purpose for which I sent it forth to accomplish. Okay, so real quick, check it out. You're supposed to be a reflection of him. So your words ought not return to you void without accomplishing the purpose for which you sent them out to accomplish. Okay, Doug Thomas, come here a second, real quick. Try not to make a mess. Here's what, here's what I want you to see. Just walk with me, Doug. But Doug Thomas, no word from Doug Thomas shall return to Doug Thomas void without accomplishing the purpose for which Doug Thomas sent it out. So here, here's where we're wanting to get. This is where God's wanting to bring us, okay? Look, look at your neighbor and say, this is us. I'm talking about at your house. I'm talking about a little mama walking into the bedroom at night, standing next to the crib because a fever is trying to attach itself to her baby. And her words have so much weight that she says, fever, go. And the fever gets up and leaves. I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about a level of authority that a young man of God walks into a situation that the storm of life is raging. And he walks in and he says, peace be still, and the storm evaporates. I'm talking about you having the ability to send your word on an assignment and it, words that will not return into you void without accomplishing the purpose for which you sent it forth to. That every word that comes out of the mouth of Doug is going to be words of life and not death, a blessing and not cursing. And he's going to release words into the environment and he's going to walk into situations that, that are filled with chaos, but he's going to have more peace coming out of his mouth than there's chaos in the room. He's going to see situations that are filled with sorrow, but the words of joy are going to crush the backbone of sorrow. That there's going to be sickness and disease, but health and life and healing are going to flow out of his mouth and the words are going to be put on an assignment and he's going to speak and those words will not return void without accomplishing the purpose that he has set them on. Sit down just a second. But Doug, in his ability to say no, Word that I speak shall return unto me void without accomplishing the purpose that I sent it forth to accomplish. In order for him to say that, he has to ensure that his words have purpose. For we're all going to give an account for the idle words we speak. An idle word is an unemployed word, a word without an assignment. So if he goes through most of his day just saying whatever, those, can I just tell you something? that you, you think that that word isn't working. But there's no word that doesn't find a job and do it. Just because you didn't give an assignment doesn't mean it's without one. See, we read it earlier that the tongue is set on fire from hell. If you just leave it on its own, if, you, if Doug just says whatever runs through his head, his words will create more damage than healing. His words will create more chaos than peace. More sorrow than joy. More hopelessness than hope. What are you saying? Talk less. All you got to do, what, what, what's my first step? How, how, do, how, do I, how do I engage this power? We'll, we'll be talking about it more, but you, know, you want to know what your first step is? Talk less. Just talk less. Well, everybody thinks I'm mad. Don't worry about what they think. 
See, what you think is not what can consume my mind. I need to meditate. What's God thinking? How do I get his thoughts? Well, words turn into thoughts. So I got to get in his word, which means I have to silence other words. There's noises in my life that I need to turn off so that I can hear God's voice. So that I can get in the word and, and, and get it so deep inside of me. Jesus said in, uh, you know, in, in Matthew, he said, you know what, you guys, uh, uh, it's impossible for you to remain evil but speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, uh, uh, my, my, my grandparents used to say, well, uh, what's, what's in the well comes up the bucket. You know, all we got to do is sit and listen and we're going to find out what's on the inside of you. And you know, it, it, these things that you believe in your heart, if you'd listen to what you say, you'd know what you believe. And, and, and you gotta, but you gotta, you gotta refresh in the well. You, you gotta renew the, 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 you know, purify that well and get your, get your well filled. He said the good man out of the good treasure, he brings forth good things. But the evil, sick, and diseased man out of, out, out of the sickness that's on the inside of him, he speaks forth evil things. Well, how do I deal with that? You gotta replace the evil stuff, the sick stuff with, with health, with life, with, with the word of God. I'm telling you, God wants to position you. So that when you get to work, you don't say what you're thinking. You say what he was saying. God can turn, well, I'm not even the owner. You want to know what's crazy? It's neither is your boss. God. I'm telling you, God will bless the business because you're there. You're loved. You're accepted. And you belong. And it's, it's kind of nice that when you show up, there's a greeter at the door. There's, a, there, there's info, people there. There's people making coffee and giving water and handing out ice cream. I like that. But not nearly as much as I love knowing I'm loved by God. I'm accepted by Him. And I belong. And He has redeemed me. He has called me by my name. I am his. And he looks at me regardless of where I am. And when I, uh, when I use my authority to release his ability, he loves to bless. Your words will not return to you void. I said your words will not return into you void. Your mouth is the steering wheel of your life. How about we head a new direction? How about we believe God and let him be our GPS? Turn right. Turn right. Turn right. If all you ever hear is rerouting. Remember the first time we had a vehicle that had that thing in it? I loved to turn it on and tell it I was going home. And every time it said, 300 feet turn right, I'd go left. I just wanted to see what it would do. Remember that? I drove Shelby nuts. Short drive. But anyways. Um, turn right. I'd go left. Make a U-turn. I'd go straight. After about six, 
instances of me ignoring it, it would just get silent. I wonder if that's why you haven't heard God in a while. Uh, I, I wonder if that's why ain't nothing really working out for you. Looks good for a minute, but then it falls apart. I wonder if that's why. Maybe today is a day of rerouting so that he can get you back on the route where you have authority, where you have victory, where you have peace, where you have breakthrough. Would, 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 you, would you just do me a favor today and, and, and just keep your eyes open and your heads up and just with all eyes open and all heads elevated and people looking around all over the place, are you here today and you realize that this is my rerouting moment? Maybe your heart rate's gone up a couple beats a second. Palms are starting to get sweaty. God's been fighting for me when I've been fighting against him. God's brought me to this place today where he can rearrange my life and get me back on route. I, I, need, I, I, need, I need God to move in my life. I want to get real with God so God can get real with me. Can I just tell you that all of us have made this, this decision, and if, if you haven't made it yet, it's time to do it. And maybe what we might even call the sinner's prayer, maybe you've prayed that a thousand times, or maybe you've never prayed, don't even know what it is. But you know that right now, what you need to do is, is release control and, and get God back as the center of your life so that you can walk in the life that he's called you to walk. You have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos. And, and, and if you're here today and you're going to pray this prayer and, and you're serious, I mean, you're serious, man. I'm going after God. It's really kind of cool. In the last 10 days, the last two Wednesday nights, we baptized over 50 people here. It's awesome. I was sharing to some of my preacher friends, and they're like, good Lord, man, you guys are in the middle of a revival, and people don't even know it. We, we, we're asking God, you know, for more than one, right? We're asking God for the nations. He said, ask me, I'll give you the nations. We've been praying for you. We're going to see souls added to the kingdom. If you're here today and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something, and it's not super easy, but it's not that difficult either. Because we've been praying for you, and we've been believing for you. And so in just a second, I'm going to go like one, two, three, and people are going to start clapping. And while they're clapping, you're going to pray this prayer, and you're just going to stand to your feet right where you are. Uh, what, I, I'm going to have to stand up in here? Yeah, that's going to be weird, isn't it? Standing on your feet. If you can't stand in here, you'll never stand out there. It's time to make a change. Time to do a little rerouting. We're all going to pray it together. But if you're serious, when they start clapping, I want you to just stand up, okay? Just take a stand. I won't call you forward. I'm not going to go beyond this. I'm just going to have you stand. You ready? You guys ready? Okay, on three. One, two, three.
Just stay standing. Just stand up. Yeah, I'm giving my life to God. I'm giving my life to God. I'm turning it around. Turning it around today. Not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, the power of God, even into salvation. It's awesome. Okay, okay, okay. Everybody just close your eyes. And, and if you're around one of these guys, and you just reach out toward Don't touch them. They don't want you touching them. Just reach out to them. Like, get your hand off. Okay, just reach towards them. And just everybody in here, just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So I receive it right here, right now. Never going to be the same again. Come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me vision. Give me strength. I choose to live for you and for you alone. I'm not going to wait. I'm starting today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name, shout, I am saved. Come on, give him one more shout, one more praise.